0: Trout don't live in ugly places. They live in beautiful places, especially along the Blue Ridge Parkway. And for the first time, fly fishing savant Sam Johnson has captured it all in a guide with a bucket list of over 200 of the most serene and productive places to chase trout along the North Carolina section of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Hi everyone, this is Bill Barty of the Carolina Outdoors with Wes Lawson.
1: You know, Bill, this is a great book. We've been selling this thing for a little while now, and it has been met with just great fanfare. People recommend it. It's a wonderful gift. But as a guide, you would be hard-pressed to find a better piece of
0: literature on where to go fishing in North Carolina off the Blue Ridge Parkway. It really is quite good. It is quite good, and there is so much in here that we're going to take a moment kind of to focus in Again, we've done this on a previous episode and talked about Bullhead Creek that is uh, now in Stone Mountain, North mm. Carolina. And you would think that uh, with all the research that went into fly fishing, the Blue Ridge Parkway in section of Sam Johnson's book, um, uh, that he would quit researching. But he has continued to get out into these beautiful places. And uh, again, on a previous show, we had... Uh, Dr. Beverly Collins come on to talk to us a little bit about the leaf change going on in the Carolinas. And we started in the high country, so we're a bit past peak, but we thought we could combine both topics, whether it be fly fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, but also giving uh, getting a leaf report from Sam Johnson at the same time. And let's do that right now as we bring Sam Johnson onto the Carolina outdoors. And Hone in a little bit on the Watauga River Sam, welcome Well, thank you It's good to be with you today Th- Sam, tell us how you get away with researching a book That's already been published and written and published I have a very
2: understanding wife <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's she's a weaver So she has her own pastimes That she stays very busy with So when I say, hey, I'm going to go fishing It's like, uh, have a good time
0: <laughs> it, it, That sounds like a beautiful relationship That you have, <laughs> just the both of you and for listeners of the Carolina Outdoors who hear Wes Lawson and Bill Barty talk, we talk oftentimes about trout fishing, and we talk oftentimes about the different settings of trout fishing, the different uh, uh, regulations that go into play on different streams. And Sam, just so you know, we have a lot of listeners to the Carolina Outdoors who head to this area of North Carolina, the Boone, the Valley Cruces, uh, the Blowing Rock sections of North Carolina. So uh, with leaf change, without leaf change, with trout in the streams or without trout in the streams, uh, the topic that you're going to speak about is of interest to many of us. So on your last outing, will you take us to the Watauga River, the section that you were and, and how it was fishing these days
2: Sure, I'd love to um, I was up there just a couple of weeks ago Just at uh, kind of the onset of leaf season As the leaves were beginning to come down uh, But they weren't really restricting the water that much uh, But it was very fishable The two areas that I that I spent time in uh, Was in the Fosco area Off of Highway 105 mm-hmm. That's between Tyne Castle And um, the, the bridge Uh, that goes across the Watauga and then goes on up into Boone. And um, there's about a five-mile section in that area that's a pretty civilized area. It's becoming more and more civilized, more private water. Uh, A lot of the the public water is starting to disappear. But um, you'll find around a lot of the bridges, especially uh, approaching the bridges and under the bridges, the fish really hang out. And you're going to find a lot of uh, browns and rainbows and occasional brook trout in there, especially as you head um, as you head toward the headwaters, um, toward the Tyne Castle area. But the fishing was really good um, in that area that day. Um, and then from there, I went down into the delayed harvest area in Valley Crucis, and I spent some time um, in the Valley Crucis area fishing from where um, uh, DeWitt-Barnett uh, Road Bridge crosses over the Watauga uh, down to the Highway 194 South Bridge. And there's there's just a lot of fishing in that area right there. Uh, and I, I call it, Bill and, and Wes, I call it assisted living fishing because <laughs> it's very flat in that part of the river. It's wide, maybe 20 yards wide. Uh, in places, uh, relatively shallow, and um, and just an easy river to to fish in there.
1: You know the Watauga really is kind of one of those storage streams, at least in our part of the world, because it uh, it is so beautiful. It's not that big. I mean, it really is not even eighty miles long. Although, it is uh, it is one of the headwaters. I don't know if you know this or not of the Gulf of Mexico. It ultimately feeds in there because it's on that side of the. The divide here. So um, right, it is kind of a big deal in that regard, Bill. But it is such a beautiful piece of water. I mean, whether you're fishing the impounded lakes or where you are up in Valley Cruces, it is fairly easy to access. But Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, you can hit this river a couple of different ways. We can wet wade, we can bank fish, but we can also drift boat that.
2: Uh, absolutely. You, you can float. Uh, it's really a good river for kayaking, um, uh, kayak fishing, pontoon fishing, uh, but it's, it's, you can do it either way, depending on what your preference is. You know, you mentioned that it's really a storied river, and it really is. You know, the, the, the Cherokees uh, named it, uh, and it, that Cherokee word means the land beyond. I don't know, beyond what, Grandfather Mountain or whatever, I don't know, but you're right, it flows north and then goes into the, the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and then uh, the Linville River just forms up across the road from it, literally a stone's throw away, and it flows south into the Atlantic Ocean. And there are very few places that I know of that you, that two rivers of this size form up that close together, and then flow into different bodies of water like that. It's just a, it's just a great. It's a seventy mile, seventy nine miles long from Tyne Castle, where it, where's the source, until it hits the Holston River in Boone Lake uh, just, just uh, east of Johnson City.
1: Well, you know, to have two rivers that form basically as neighbors, they have such different characteristics. You know, I mean, the Linville is its own other separate beast, you know, going through the gorge and on uh, and then hitting the Catawba, which ultimately, you know, forms dozens of other lakes. But the Watauga, is I mean never mind the rapids. The Rapids are their own their own separate thing. But the fishing on the Watauga, either on the river or the impounded lakes, really is hard to beat. And on a bad day of fishing, it's still a beautiful stream to stand in and you know watch the birds. Or right now the leaves. I mean there are. It may be a problem. There may be too many leaves in some sections, which means you know when you're working on your retrieve, you've got to clean your gear. But uh, talk to us about the fishing. What were you seeing? What what's what's happening right now this time of year on the Watauga?
2: Well, the Watauga, like today, as you said, the leaves are really starting to, to, to clog in and make it very difficult. Um, but you know, this is a this is just, uh, in my opinion, one of the better times of the year to fish that river uh, because it just seems like the fish, you know, they're they're hungry and they're ready to go after you know those cream midges and streamers and soft hackles that you throw in. And uh, the browns and rainbows especially, the, the upper part of the river to me s- tends to be more of a, of a brown trout fishery. I tend to catch more brown trout um, from Fosco up to the headwaters than, been, than either of the other two trout that are in there. Uh, especially as you get far up into the headwaters. You get up into to, uh, Green Ridge Branch, which is really the first tributary that comes into it off of Grandfather Mountain. And, and Moody Mill Creek and the Boone Fork, those are just great feeders that themselves are great streams to fish. So you can fish the main water, uh, or you can jump into these, these tributaries and feeders and fish them also. Some of them are very small, but Green Ridge, uh, Moody, Boone Fork, and then Laurel Fork, coming down from Boone and Dutch Creek coming directly out of Valley Cruces are five of the larger feeders that are all fishable uh, they are, it's, it's, a, it's a calico patchwork of private public water and so you really have to watch the signage and just make sure you're not you know you're not violating someone's privacy uh, where it's marked but uh, there's still a lot of open water on the main run uh, of the Watauga as well as a lot of the feeders.
0: This is a literary portion of the Carolina Outdoors, Wes Lawson right there, Bill Barty right here. We've got Sam Johnson on the program with his book in hand, Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway. 200 different places along North Carolina's section of the Blue Ridge Parkway are in here. But Sam has recently been on the Watauga River, and that's what we're talking to him about. And uh, Sam, for a lot of people, they hear that, that uh, the signage and the restrictions and private landowners and private streams, and it makes us a little bit nervous and maybe um, will keep us from seeking out this water. So will you talk to us a little bit about, you mentioned paying attention to the signage, but what about parking your car, uh, where to park it? You mentioned the bridges there uh, in, in that area up at 105 and, and that such. Can you, can you coach us a little bit on how we should handle ourselves when we're going to a new stream, maybe for us the first time in this area, getting on the Watauga, we want to do it right. We want to be respectful of the landowners and of the signs. We don't want to get a ticket. Um, how do we do that?
2: Well, you know what I always do, Bill. I I, I I I study the stream before I go, and I read about it just to make sure that I've got as much information as I can. Um, I will drop. Sometimes I'll drop by an outfitter. Uh, that, that's located close by, that's very familiar with it, and ask them. Um, when all else fails, uh, you know, I look and see where everyone else is parking on the side of the road. Yep. <laughs> and normally you can see uh, places that are, have that, that are been worn down that you can get off the road, your car or truck is safe, and then I, I get down in the water or, or walk along, and, and the first thing I do is look for signage. And I look for the placering of, you know, what type of water it is. If I don't know, you know, is it wild trout water, whatever, that's, that's been identified by the state. Uh, but the main thing is just pay attention to the signage. If you don't see any posted signs within sight, then generally speaking, I, I'll fish it. I'll take the chance and fish it. And I can I can count on one hand the number of times that someone has, has come to the stream and said, hey, you, you, maybe you didn't know but um, this is private water we'd appreciate it if you you know if you wouldn't fish and no no one gets kind of crazy about that Uh, but um, with that said the rule of thumb is just be courteous you know just like if it were your property You would want someone to be respectful of it. Just, you know, just use your common sense, and typically that that prevails.
0: Well, before we get uh, into the LEAF report and how challenging maybe that would be if we're heading up there uh, this weekend or or in the next few weeks, give us a people report. You mentioned see where other people are parking. Um, Were there a lot of people in the stream that you were fishing with, or did you have that stream to yourself?
2: I, I, it seems like every time I go to the Watauga, whether it's the lower part of it or the upper part, uh, if the lower part I'm considering, the, um, the, because there's 12.8 miles from Tyne Castle to Valley Cruces, or really Mass General Store, to fish. Um, and as a rule, um, I don't see anybody fishing. And if I do, it's one or two people way upstream or way downstream. It's rare that, that I feel that anyone is even close to me. And it's even more so that way on the tributaries. I just, you just don't see people fishing that much along there. Around the bridges and up under bridges, uh, you'll see more people congregating there. But when you get out in the open water, uh, you typically don't see that many.
0: All right, well, let's get into it. Of course, you were there two weeks ago, probably just about peak leaf changing time. So now we're two weeks beyond that. Some of those leaves will fall and have fallen into the stream. Um, How challenging is it as a fly angler who is on the Watauga on either section that is in the book Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway? Uh, You got any tricks of the trade so uh, we can have success fishing in a leafed stream?
2: Go go deep is what I do. Yeah, I'm I'm typically I'm using some form of a a heavier strike indicator uh, on top of the water that that get under or go through a leaf, and then I'm dropping underneath it and waiting to get underneath it. And uh, the more you get into this type of season where the leaves are really starting to to get down, it becomes more of a problem. You know, casting. And, and getting your rig between the leaves and in the water. Once it gets in the water, you're kind of okay. It's during the retrieve or the cast is when I typically um, have the problem. But it's definitely an issue right now. Uh, I w- actually, I was up there yesterday, and there's a, there are a lot of leaves in the water. And mm-hmm. now that there's a little rain moving in, um, you're probably going to see a lot more. But this is temporary. You know, in a, in a, in a week or two, most of it's going to be gone. And uh, you'll be able to get back in there and um, and chase trout uh, relatively unimpeded, both in the delayed harvest area as well as the the wild trout water um, uh, in the, in the upper part.
1: I'm glad you reminded everybody that this is temporary. A lot of times with <clears throat> with anglers, we think about what's happening right now in our front yard or our backyard, and not what's happening on the water where we will be fishing. And it is different, you know, especially you know for us right here in Charlotte, things are pretty different. Um, And this is not, in my opinion, and I know this is going to be wrong for a lot of people, but this is not when I'm going to be focusing on my dry fly fishing. I'm going to be putting on some nymphs, like you're talking about, maybe even a double nymph rig if you really wanted to be sacrilegious and really get down there and kind of troll into that channel a little bit to cut through all that Those leaves and and future detritus that's getting in the way, and then in a week or two, it's back to you know matching the hatch more specifically and and getting kind of creative. Sam, this is a an old river. Um, You know, the the first uh, English descendant to see it that we know of was probably Daniel Boone, roughly 1759, quite a long time ago. And in that time, we've seen all kinds of other fish coming in there. And you're mentioning brown trout, which are a beautiful fish, a lot of fun to catch. That's not native there, though, is it?
2: No, it's absolutely not. Those trout were brought in from Scotland and Germany in the early part of the last century after a lot of the logging had decimated these streams. And uh, you had uh, private individuals, you had clubs and some state and federal agencies that that um, started buying these the, the hatchlings or fries that were being brought in across by boat uh, eggs and then hatched and they brought those down and started populating these streams and same thing with the rainbow trout except they came they came off the west coast and uh, they were able to live in the water uh, the the occluded water uh, much better than the brook trout so that's how the browns and rainbows got here. We all like to think that they're they're part of the ecosystem here, and they are now. But 100 years ago, they weren't. It was just brook trout and, and the other cold water fish that were hanging around in there.
0: And for our listeners out there who are saying, talk about Tennessee, talk about the tail race. Sam, <laughs> we're going to have to do that on another episode of the Carolina Outdoors because the Watauga in North Carolina, continues along into Tennessee. It's impounded by the Tennessee Valley Authority a couple of times before joining the South Holston River over uh, in Boone Lake near Johnson City, Tennessee. And that's a whole nother topic of conversation that you know a whole lot about. So for our listeners who are wanting to talk East Tennessee uh, rivers, we're going to do that next time. I would like to point out the Watauga River in fly fishing. The Blue Ridge Parkway is listed by size in the book. Uh, it's large at the mouth uh, near Valley Cruces. Uh, the gradient is relatively flat. The effort, same you have that rated in here, easy to moderate. The pressure does have pressure, moderate to heavy. Other anglers out there, fishing quality good and the species are all in there, uh, rainbows, browns, um, and brook trout, and you have access. The Watauga River can be accessed from numerous points, some of which you mentioned during this interview, but we encourage our listeners to the Carolina Outdoors to check out the placards and signs that you mentioned. They are on hand at Jesse Brown, so you can see where you're fishing and what those restrictions are. Those placards are right beside a book called Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, North Carolina section by Sam Johnson and Sam we so appreciate your time joining us uh, on this episode of the Carolina Outdoors.
2: Well thanks Bill and, and Wes it's been a pleasure being here Uh, You guys do a great job over there and um, just really appreciate the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with you.
0: Well, we look forward to seeing you on the river, if not before. Thanks for being on with us and uh, off he goes That's Sam Johnson and Wes, off we go. But just for a moment, we're going to be right back with more of the Carolina Outdoors.